If you don't already know, we are an intentional disciple-making church. And what we're going to do in the next couple of weeks is to find out for ourselves and together with the church what discipleship entails. And today we're going to kick off a brand new series called the Discipleship Series. And we're going to go through many stages of discipleship. Today we're going to begin this journey by exploring the very beginning of how discipleship actually starts. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me today to today's passage, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 onwards. And in today's short passage, what Matthew does in this gospel is he tells the story of how Jesus called his very first disciples. And there's actually two stories happening but what Matthew does is, with these two stories, he actually tells the same thing over and over again, but about different people. But in both stories, you would find that they have a same central theme, and that is Jesus' words, follow me, follow me. So the first story is about Peter and his brother, Andrew. The second story is about James and John. And both revolve around Jesus' invitation to follow me. And what Matthew does is if you put these two stories together, you will find that they resonate that same story of follow me. And if you were to read them side by side, you would actually find that there are repeated patterns in those two stories, as it were, that would teach us more about what it means to follow Jesus. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna unpack that passage and we're gonna bring out three key aspects of what it means to follow Jesus. I'm gonna read the passage together. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left the nets and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, would you just teach us today through your word what it means to follow your son, Jesus Christ. Would you open up our hearts to receive your word as it were? May you teach us how to follow you so that we might continue our journey always from now to the day that we see you. Today, God, let you be here and may you be glorified in the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I think it's very fitting that we start this series with the words, follow me. But what is the starting point of discipleship? If we say, if we're saying that discipleship is a journey, what is the starting point? So let's ask this question, what is the starting point of discipleship? And Jesus actually tells us what happens in this story at this, about the starting point of discipleship. In verse 18 and 21, it says this, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, the Bible says he saw two brothers. And in the second story, going on from there, he saw two other 
brothers. What Matthew does is that he uses the same Greek word, Aden. He uses the same Greek word to describe what Jesus did. How did the discipleship journey of these first disciples begin? It began when Jesus saw them. Aden means to see, to notice, to find. What Jesus did was he saw them, he noticed them, and he found them. Today, your discipleship journey, let us bring it all back to where it began. It doesn't begin from us. It begins from Jesus. You see, every other religion is about us working hard, trying to find our way to God. It's about us doing and, 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 and striving and trying to make our way to the divine. But Christianity is the only religion in the world today that we don't have to find God. God came to find us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that whilst we were sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ came to die for us. The sin that divided us from God that we cannot bridge, Jesus came to bring us close to God. He came, He saw us, He noticed us, and He found us. And that's why John Newton, he wrote this amazing hymn called Amazing Grace. How many of us have heard the hymn, Amazing Grace? It starts off like this. Amazing grace, how sweet. If you know, just sing it with me. <laughs> sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Isn't that amazing? I once was lost, but now I'm found. Why? Because Jesus came. He saw me. He noticed me. He found me. So when we start this journey, it is not about us. Discipleship begins with Jesus, not us. So if you're walking along the discipleship journey and somewhere you find yourself stuck in the jungle, you're lost in the woods, and you cannot find your way back to Jesus, the answer is not that you do more, that you try more, that you tithe more, that you read the Bible more, that you pray more. The answer is that you look up and you try to find the Son of God, the Son, because He is the one who started it. He is the one who will bring you out of it. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says this in the Bible, being confident of this, that He who began a good work, everyone say good work, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. God started it, He will sustain it, and He will complete it. In your discipleship journey, Jesus started it. He will sustain you, and He will complete the journey with you. The starting point is Jesus. Jesus. And on that very note, we can now start to unpack what it means to follow Jesus. Because it's not about us doing more. It's about us finding or allowing Jesus to find us. So let's ask this question. What did Jesus mean when he said, follow me in this particular passage? I think there are three things at least that we can find in this verse. Number one, he means that we will discover our purpose. 
Discover our purpose. In verse 18 and 21, Matthew says this, the disciples, they were casting nets for they were fishermen. A bit duh, they were fishermen. Of course, they were casting nets. And then in the second story, they were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. What Matthew wants to do here is to make sure that we understand, that we get, that we grasp who they were and what they were doing. They were fishermen, and they were preparing their nets. Now let's get back into the Bible's times in its context. If you were to be a fisherman, how would your day look like? In the evening, you would get into the boat and you would prepare, you would have your nets, I have with me. Some nets. This is actually a crab net, it's not a fish net. It's just because fishing is not an in thing here, like it's much more crabbing. Um, so they, were, they would have their nets in the boat and they would go out when the sun has set sometime in the middle of the night and they would throw their nets into the water and they would pull the nets at the end of the, the evening in the morning before the sun rises and then they would take out all the fish and that's their catch. Now at the end of the, at the, end of the, the, the fishing trip, in the morning when the sun is rising, they would empty out the fish and they will take their nets with them and they will clean the nets. And th not only will they clean the nets, but if there were to be any rips in the nets, because that's what happens, it gets caught in the sand, in the rocks, on the seabed, then they would mend their nets, they will repair their nets. That is what happens every day for a fisherman. And the Greek word for preparing here literally means to make perfect again to make it good, again, to repair it, to mend it. So what is Matthew trying to tell us when he says all these things? He wants to let us know that these were average professional fishermen on an average day. This was an ordinary day in their otherwise very ordinary lives. It was just a day like any other, except Jesus shows up except Jesus walked into their lives. He turns up and he turns their very ordinary lives into something extraordinary. He points them towards their God-given purpose. Look at what he says in verse 19. He says, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish, but now for people. Jesus was essentially saying to the disciples, all you know right now are nets, boats and fishes, but I'm going to teach you and I'm going to show you how to live for a bigger purpose, my purpose. I'm going to send you out to fish for people. You know, in the Bible, God actually shows up a lot, and what He does is He points people towards their God-given purpose. In the Old Testament, there's this guy called Gideon. In the book of Judges, chapter 6, Gideon is a guy who works in his, in his dad's farm and he was thrashing the wheat. He was just pulling out the wheat and beating them up, out and then trying to collect the wheat one day. When an angel of the Lord showed up, God showed up and he says, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. You're not meant to be doing all these things. God had created you to be a mighty warrior. And from that day on, Gideon became a great warrior in the army of God. And in the New Testament, we read about this girl called Mary. Mary, little girl who was betrothed, who was engaged to this man called Joseph. 
She was just going to be like any other ordinary Jewish girl. She was engaged. She was going to be married. She was going to have kids. She was going to raise her kids. She was going to be a grandmother. And that's the story. That would have been the story of her life. An ordinary Jewish girl. Except an angel of the Lord showed up in Luke chapter 1. And he says, Mary, you're a highly favored from God. You are going to be the mother of the son of the God most high. And that turned Mary's life around. And she became the mother of Jesus. How about the guy who wrote this story? Matthew himself. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, he talks about his own story. Matthew was a tax collector. He always sat at the temple and he just collected money from people as taxes. And then one day, as he was collecting taxes, Jesus shows up. Matthew 9, verse 9 records that Jesus said, Follow me. Now, all you know is this money and these taxes and these people that come in and out of the temple. But I will show you how to live for something so much better. I will raise you up to turn this history around. You will be a world changer, Matthew, together with all the disciples of Jesus. That's what Jesus does. He shows up, and when he calls us to follow him, he brings us towards our God-given destiny. Some of you might know my story. In some of the conversations I've had, did you know I was never always a pastor? When I was younger, I was actually working in a Swiss bank in Singapore. I started out finishing my, my university, and I went straight into investment banking. Spent a few years in Singapore, and then they moved me to Hong Kong to take on a regional role of one of the business units. And so what I did was every day I woke up and I remember working in ICC, International uh, Center of Commerce in, in Hong Kong. And it was the highest, it still is the highest building in Hong Kong. And we would have an office on the highest trading floor in the world, on the 91st floor, surrounded by glass. And you can imagine the kind of scenery that we had. Every morning it was just me waking up you know, putting on my, my clothes, taking the elevator from the 8th floor to the 91st floor, every day like that. It was just an ordinary banking life. And there came this time when I was 30, 31, and I was wondering, God, is there more that you want to do with my life? And I had this deep sense of dissatisfaction about where I was going. I felt like there's something more to life that maybe God has called me to, but I never found the answer. And for a few months, I was praying together with my wife, Vanessa. Until this moment... All of a sudden, my senior pastor in Hong Kong called me up and he said, Dan, I would like to meet you for coffee in between the service. And so I said, okay, um, it's not every day that you get a call from the senior pastor to meet him for coffee. And so we sat in Starbucks in I-Square, one of the shopping malls in Tim Sa in Hong Kong. And we were sitting there and we were drinking coffee, just me and him uh, at a small little table. He had his coffee, I had my coffee. And, if, and all the small talk was finally done and now it's time to get serious. And then he looked at me and he, he started out the conversation by saying this, Dan, the elders and I have been praying for you and we feel that you are made for more than just banking. And I've been praying for a few months up to this point and nobody but me and Vanessa knew. And it was a God moment. It was like a come follow me moment. And as we talk more and more, two things happen. Firstly, pff, my mind was blown by all the things that he was telling me. And the second thing was, I was crying and I was crying, I was crying. Here was a 31-year-old man in the middle of Starbucks, crowded as can be, crying over the table. But that's what happened to me. It was a come follow me moment. And that's, that made me decide 
that I'm now going to stop investment banking. I'm going to move to America to finish my seminary and to start pastoring. And ever since then, I have been pastoring all these years. And now I'm here in this amazing family called Faith Community Church. <laughs> Praise God. And now I get to pastor this amazing next generation in our church family with some of the greatest people in the greatest team that I can possibly ask to work with. And what a joy and what an extraordinary, this is my extraordinary life because I decided at that moment to follow Jesus. Following Jesus means following Him into God's purpose for you. You see, God made you for a purpose. He had an intent. He had an intention where He made us. And there's no such thing as an ordinary existence in God's economy. Somebody say amen. There's no such thing as an ordinary life when you're following Jesus. It is an adventure. Friends, when you follow Jesus, you will discover and experience God's purpose for you. The second thing that it means when we follow Jesus is this, determining our posture. We must determine our posture when we follow Jesus. In verse 19, Jesus says, and this is the central verse of the entire story, come, follow me. How Jesus wants us to follow him is very different from the way we follow someone today. What do I mean by that? Let me explain. How many of us has Facebook? Raise your hands. Ooh. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. How many of you f uh, have friends on Facebook? Raise your hands. That's a lot. How many of us have uh, Instagram, TikTok, and all that? Facebook, when you have friends on Facebook, you're actually following your friends. And that's why every time when you open up Facebook, you can see what they post and what they're doing. You're actually following someone. When you're on Instagram, you're following someone. When you're on TikTok, you're following someone. We are in a generation right now where we are taught that following someone means following somebody, like following somebody on social media. What is the difference? Here's a fun exercise that we're all gonna do together, okay? Anybody recognizes this? This is a Facebook like, isn't, isn't it, isn't it? So what you're gonna do right now, what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna open up my life to you a little bit and I'm gonna show you some of the things that are precious to me. And what I want you to do, whether you're online or whether you're in city campus, is to respond with me if you like it or not. So if you like it, give me a thumbs up in city campus and also in Williton campus. If you're joining us on Facebook, click the like. <laughs> if you're joining us on YouTube or Faith Live, say I like it, you know, something like that, so that I know that you're responding to me, okay? Cool? Everybody, your thumbs are ready? All right, here we go. The first thing that is really important to me and really precious to me is the Bible. How many of you like the Bible? Come on. All right. Okay, those people whose hands down, okay, all right. All right, we love the Bible. We love the Bible. That's why you're here, eh? Second thing, okay, that I like very much, I'm a big fan of in the last 20 years of my life, I love Apple products. How many of us love Apple products? Yeah, Apple products, yes, all right. There's some uh, internal bickering going on, <laughs> all right? If you love Apple, you're on the right bandwagon. If you're not using Apple, God bless you. <laughs> all right. Now the third thing, ooh, third thing, one of my favorite animals. Now it's not a dog. I don't put my dog in here. Oh, that's terrible. 
is a snake. Oh, it's a snake. How many of us like snakes? Give me a thumbs up. Not many of you. All right, I think I lost some of you there. Some of you have thumbs down. Wow. There's no unlike on Facebook, by the way. There's no dislike. Yeah, this is just like. Okay. Last but not least, possibly my favorite thing on earth, other than Vanessa, my wife, and Jude, my son. How many of us like the durians? Thumbs up. Oh, there's a collective roar of approval. Wow, I can see all your thumbs go up in city campus. There's so many hands. Auntie on the third row, your hands are so high up, you're blocking the girl behind you. Okay. Now, what did, what did we just do? What did we just do? You gave me a thumbs up. You gave me a sign of approval for the things that you like. For the things that you didn't like, I saw an auntie right there. She actually did this. <laughs> when you follow someone on social media, you become part of their inner circle. It's a behind the scenes of their life, isn't it? You get to know them and follow them, but from a distance. And that distance actually allows you sometimes to choose to like stuff or don't like stuff. And you get to choose. You get to choose when you like it, what you like. And the problem is this. When we bring our idea of, liking, of following someone on social media into our understanding of following Jesus, and now I want to show you what it means to follow Jesus. Can I have my three volunteers that I asked for before the service? Can you come up, please? Can you stand up where you are and come on up? Let's applaud them. Give them some courage as they come up. All right. Kelly, thank you for helping out. Cass, thank you for helping out. And my good friend Chris, thank you for helping out. Let's give them a hand. Okay, so you can all stand on that side. So what we're going to do right now, what we're going to do right now is to explain what Jesus meant by follow me. When Jesus said, come follow me, the, the Greek words are dute opisomo, which literally means this. It's a very weird statement. It almost doesn't make sense. It's a weird statement that literally means this. Come here behind me. Come here behind me. So I'm going to show you what Jesus meant when he said, Dute opisomo. So all you guys are going to stand behind me, come here behind me, line up, one line. Basically, when you are behind me, when you are after me, when you are following me, it's a game of follow the leader. Everywhere that I go, you're going to go with me. Everything that I do, you have to do with me because you're following me. Yes? You guys cool? Okay, here we go. So if Jesus says, come follow me, as Jesus is walking around Israel, the disciples would follow Jesus in the way that he prays. If Jesus prays a certain way, they will be praying. <laughs> they will be praying that way. They will be doing the same thing. If Jesus walks the earth and he, he gives thanks for, he picks up some bread, he lifts it up to heaven, he gives thanks and he breaks it, and he eats it, they do the same thing. If Jesus gets into the Jewish festivals, when it's time for the Jewish festivals, and Jesus, you know, goes into Jerusalem, and he does his Jesus thing, which is to be part of the Jewish people, and he starts celebrating the Jewish festival, and he does the Jewish dance. <laughs> All right, we're going to... 
Well, it's actually very simple, right? All you have to do is just do this and this. <laughs> yeah, they will be doing the same thing. Okay, you guys feeling good now? Giddy? <laughs> Let's give them a big hand. Thank you. Thank you. Dute opisomo means come behind me, follow me in everything that I do, in everywhere that I go, every time. Following Jesus is not, is not choosing what we like when we like it. That's one thing that we need to leave today, understanding. Following Jesus is to follow Him in everything, everywhere, every time. When Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no, anything more than that is from the devil. What he means is, say what you mean and mean what you say. You don't have to swear, you don't have to lie, you be honest, you be frank, and you be open. But Jesus, you don't understand. My colleagues at, in, at work, I mean, we're all talking back about, bad about one another. If... If I, don't, if I don't one up them, if I don't lie about them, if I don't step over their shoulders, if I don't over promise what I can deliver, I'm always gonna be behind my colleagues. Jesus, you don't understand, I need that promotion. And in order for me to get the promotion, I have to tell them, I have to inflate my numbers a little bit. I have to oversell myself a little bit. Jesus, you don't understand, in order for me to do business, I have to lie sometimes. I have to, I know, I know, it's not integrous. I know it's not the best thing to do. But Jesus, I have a family to feed. It's just business, Jesus. I'm just doing business. Come, follow me. Jesus says, if you look at a woman with lustful eyes, you would have committed adultery with her already. Jesus says, don't lust after somebody else sexually that is not your married partner. Jesus, you don't understand. I just happened to rock up to that beach. I didn't know it was a nude beach. I, I just hung around for a little bit and, and the women were undressing. Jesus, I mean, Jesus, I mean, just look at the shorts she's wearing, Jesus. I mean, it's not, it's not my fault that I'm trying to imagine what she's got underneath it. I mean, she's showing everything. Jesus is, you know, it's just a night. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Jesus is, Jesus just move on. It was just one time in my life. Je Jesus, I mean, um, we, I know we got a little bit steamy and my hands went to some places where it shouldn't have. I mean, uh, we were hormonal, we were young and it just felt okay. I promise you we won't do it again. I mean, Jesus is so natural. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh Come, follow me. Jesus says, forgive each other as the Father has, Heavenly Father has forgiven you. But Jesus, you don't know how much it hurts. Jesus, you don't understand how deeply he has hurt me. Jesus, you don't get what he has done to me in the past. Jesus, you, you have no idea how hard and how impossible it is for me to let go of the pain that he or she has caused me. It was so unfair, Jesus. It is impossible. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Come. Follow me. Church, you can only follow Jesus to the degree that you're willing to go with him. You can only follow Jesus to the degree that you're willing to go with him. Jesus, you've lost me, Jesus. I mean, that's pretty far out, Jesus. You, you really mean that? 
Jesus, I mean, that's like crazy. What you're asking for is way beyond me. I mean, that's, that's no, Jesus, I mean, you're, you're on your own, Jesus. Like over there, I mean, the different parts of my life that I think I will follow you, but, but not in this one. Not in this one. You can only follow Jesus to the degree that you're willing to go with him. Brothers, sisters, brothers and sisters, Jesus is either the Lord of your all or he's not your Lord at all. Following Jesus means following Jesus in everything, everywhere, every time. And sometimes we make it so easy. Sometimes we think it's so light. Come, follow me, says Jesus. I love it how simple and how straightforward Jesus' invitation is. That's not to say it's not significant. It is very significant, but it is also very simple and very straightforward. You see, Jesus didn't have to overcomplicate it with qualifications. You have to do this. You have to attend church for six months. You have to go to cell group. You have to go to connect groups. You have to be baptized. You have to, you know, do this and do that. You have to tithe regularly. Jesus didn't have to overcomplicate his invitation with qualifications. He just said, come, follow me. You know what that means? It means that it doesn't matter where you came from in life. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't even matter what you did in your past. Jesus' words, come follow me, is a simple invitation that needs only a simple response. Yes. 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 And that is good news. That is good news. And it brings me to the third point. The third thing that Jesus means where he says, come follow me, is for us to decide our path. You have to decide where you want to go from here. In verse 20 and 22, Matthew says this, and at once they left their nets and they followed him. And immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. What Matthew does is he uses the same Greek word to describe the response of the disciples. The Greek word is euthos, euthos, which literally means immediately or straight away. What Matthew wants us to do is to capture the decisiveness of that moment for the, for the disciples, the decisiveness of their decision when they heard the words of Jesus, come, follow me. So to follow Jesus, the third thing about f- what it means to follow Jesus is that it means following Jesus decisively. Decisively. I can imagine the disciples hearing the words of Jesus, come, follow me. You know, you know the, the song that we sang, the last song that we sang for worship? It's almost like I can imagine them breaking out into song. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross beat. No, actually the cross hasn't happened yet. The cross before. I have decided to follow Jesus. They started singing it. Oh, I don't know if they started singing, but they started following Jesus. And what was interesting for me, and, and, and listen to this, it's very interesting. Even though this is the first time in the Bible that Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, and John were mentioned. First time in the Bible. But Bible scholars believed that they actually knew about Jesus before that. Why? Because the Sea of Galilee, where they worked every day, 
is only about 20 to 30 kilometers from the town that Jesus grew up in, Nazareth. It's about the distance from here to Rockingham. You can walk there in a few hours, which is not uncommon in those days. It's very close. Jesus spent 30 years of his life in Nazareth, living that very extraordinary life. Here is a young man who can challenge the teachers of that age. Here is a young man with wisdom beyond his, his age. Surely they would have heard of him. But then there's also something that happened a few moments ago in the Bible, and that is this. When Jesus was walking to be baptized in Jordan River, the Bible says that as he came out of the water, the heavens opened up, and then a voice spoke from heaven. The Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, and then a voice spoke out from heaven. This is my son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. How many of us have had that experience before over us? None of us. I guarantee you that if something were to happen like that today in FCC, everyone in this city will be here today. You will hear about it all over Channel 7. You hear about it reported on Channel 9. You'll read about it on Instagram, read about it on Facebook. You will see on Twitter, the number of people who will view the tweet will be way more than the number of followers on Donald Trump's Twitter. There'll be so many people who will be all about it. So it's actually not surprising. Simon, Andrew, James, and John would have at least heard about this incredible guy called Jesus. But even though they knew him, they never actually followed him. They never made it a point to actually walk with him, to get to know him. But here in this moment, there was a decisive moment for them when they said, okay, I have decided to follow Jesus. In the same way, some of us here today, you might have heard about Jesus before, but you never made the decision to follow him. You might have heard about Jesus from your friends, from your family, from your schoolmates, whatever it might be that you have heard about Jesus, but you never had this moment that you know you have said to Jesus, I will follow you. And today, maybe as you're sitting here and you're listening to these words from the Bible, that something is stirring in your heart. That maybe your, your heart is beating a little bit quicker. Maybe your hands are a little bit more sweaty than usual. Maybe you're having this sense of discomfort and tugging in your heart. I want to say to you that that is God speaking to you, that God stirring something in your heart. I want to encourage you to make the decision to follow Jesus today. Jesus is inviting you to come follow me. You joining us here today and hearing this message is no accident. There are no accidents in God's plans. God is perfect. God knows everything. He has arranged it so that everything can happen the way that it has. And you sitting here watching us online, joining us from city campus, sitting here in the auditorium, is no accident today that you're hearing the words of God. Jesus sees you. He noticed you. He found you. He has a purpose for your life. And he's calling you today to come follow him. Will you let him lead you? Will you let him lead you in your life? The Bible says that today if you heard his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't block him out. And it says in the Bible, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray right now just to close off this sermon and City Campus, you can take over. And then I'm going to 
tell us how we can all respond to today's message over here. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, would you continue to stir in our hearts the word that you have spoken to us. Lord, would you help us to respond to you the way that you want us to. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for finding us and for seeking us out. And we pray, God, that as this word sits in our hearts, that we will respond to you in the way that you would like us to. Help us to follow you and to follow you decisively. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. City Campus, you can take over. And for those of us who are here in Williton, I invite you to stand with me. Let's just stand where we are. I want to give a moment to those of us who, who are hearing the word and and you would like to respond to God. We're going to go into worship in just a little bit, but before we do so, with every eyes closed and every head bowed, if today you heard the invitation of Jesus to come follow me, and you are not sure if you've ever made that prayer or, or said to Jesus, yes, I want to. If you can't remember if you've ever done that, or if you're sure that you've never done that before, I want to pray with you so that you can follow Jesus from today onwards and you would know that today is the day of your salvation. So I want to lead you in a prayer. But can you just indicate to me that that's your desire and I can pray with you by raising your hand. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand? Raise your hand high up so I can see it. Praise God, I see a hand right there. Just keep your hands high up. Keep your hand high up, yes. Yes. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. I'm going to pray with you in just a little bit. Now, for the rest of us, if you're hearing the word of God and you, know, you are already a Christian, you are already a believer, and today God is stirring in your heart to come back to Him, to follow Him, to decisively say, God, I am coming back to you again. I might have strayed my own way, but God, today your word has reminded me that you see me, that you notice me, that you have found me. Today, God, I want to come back to you. And this is your decisive moment of returning back to Jesus. I want you to also raise your hands right now, wherever you are. Just raise your hands high up so I can see it. I see your hands all over this place. Praise the Lord. Keep your hands high up. We're going to pray together in just a little bit. Just raise your hands. Keep it up there. Keep it up there. That's right. Keep it up there. Now, if your hands are high up, I want you to pray with me. Okay? Pray with me line by line. Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. I admit that I am a sinner. That I don't have what it takes. But because of you, because of what you did on the cross, I can now come to God. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Help me in the days that are to come to understand even more what it means to follow Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say, amen. Why do you give the Lord a big hand for what he's doing in our midst? We're gonna go into a time of worship where all of us can respond in this amazing song.
where he talks about, I have decided to follow Jesus. But before I do so, before we get into the time of worship, if you have raised your hands to receive Jesus for the first time, can I meet you at the front? I would love to have a conversation with you to let you know a little bit more about the decision you've made. Let's get into the time of worship. <laughs> 